0: Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott for joined by Ben Roy Taylor, Billy Begat, and George Brown. Good afternoon. I think you'll find, Mr. Benward, that it's actually Ooga Booga. If you slow it down, I found a uh, recording on SoundCloud. Apparently it's Ooga Booga. I've been living a lie for the last 20 odd years. Um, But we thought we'd do a question pod because this week was rife with stuff from uh, the Ubisoft Forward event to the Xbox Series S to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater just being the best thing in 2020 for the most part. Um, So we put a a question tweet out. We've got a handful of stuff that came in. First question from Jack Griffiths. um, With news of the Series S being weaker in RAM than the One X, the um, do you think it could potentially harm games due to technical limitations? And um, this is something that uh, Josh, you found before we started recording that Games Radar did a, uh, rounded up a couple of tweets from a member of Infinity Ward and a member of Remedy uh, talking about how every time there's a we make the leap to the next generation, the last gen always hampers some part of that development. And I guess that idea of like the Series S, the next generation console, being inherently uh, weaker the whole time. And is that going to get in the way? Is that going to affect video game development? They cite they call it like bottlenecking, like at some yeah. point, when you're always going to have to cater to that less powerful machine when on the PlayStation side you could just you could just aim straight at the PS5. Um, what do you guys think of that? like that does seem like it would make sense that you can't go so you can't go totally all out regardless of what you're making.
1: Totally. I feel like there's always going to be an element of that. Like, we've always seen it in the past, you know, every other generation so far. Because, like you said, for the first few years, you know, two or three years, um, developers have to accommodate, or for the most part, have to accommodate the older machines. You know what I mean? They have to scale down their projects in a way. doesn't mean, like, the next-gen stuff doesn't look good or isn't, you know, a step up. It's just that they're not properly harnessing the power. Like, every single generation, we only properly see, I think, You know, the proper power of these machines, like fully realized at the very end, you know, in the Mm. final year and the final two years or whatever. And I feel like this is going to be the same again, but that Xbox Series X, S, sorry, is an added wrinkle because when you have the Xbox version, you have to accommodate too drastically different machines more or less it's not just the differences between the xbox and the playstation and then the the pc you've got like subdivisions now you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i think ultimately across third parties that certainly will see some games potentially hampered or developers you know more demanded to or more under more stress to deliver different versions that can play on everything and play it well mm-hmm. but ultimately for me the the games that always fulfill the potential of next gen are those first parties anyway so we're only going to see these machines fully harnessed by those first-party studios and yes that might have to be altered on the s but i still don't think that means we're going to see deeply underpowered xbox series x games because you will see flagship games come out for that machine and mm-hmm. then scale down versions of them or maybe even parts of them for the xbox series i, s, do you know like what I mean
0: wonder how they do i mean because my example when we did uh, we did another news video on this i think it was after the series x was announced my example of like downscaling something quote-unquote to make it work on a less powerful machine is that they got the witcher 3 workbooked on switch, and mm-hmm. it's like that it immediately has a big visual difference, but the actual like meat and potatoes of the witcher is all there. Um, I guess like yeah Benro, how do you feel do you think that it'll get in the way because like, the Xbox very much are trying to build this portfolio of first party stuff? like is that still going to be enough going forward?
2: I think it's totally worth it because the, the price of that thing being £250 and $399, uh, mm. three, no, $299, sorry. Yep. It's just worth it to get the masses in and get people buying Xboxes and hopefully getting them all to sub to Game Pass at the same time. And I th- I think... It's also worth it to get people off the other gen. Like, say, the next two years. They said two years are going to cater. At least Microsoft are going to cater towards people uh, that aren't going to upgrade straight away. So. Mm-hmm uh th- this xbox for example has gone from me going oh maybe i won't upgrade for a few years too oh maybe i'll just buy it day one because <laughs> it's 250 pounds right. and the the series s stands for spencer so my little spencer is going to be sitting there and i'm going <laughs> to cuddle it at night and just can't wait for this thing you've had a don box for years you need to yeah. get yourself a little spencer in exactly it's- we got a lot of questions
0: about this. So there's little permutations. To, there's a lot of nuance in this. It is this massive bull step in on Microsoft's part. And I, yeah, the whole thing is fascinating in regards to how you approach uh, the next generation of technology in a way that isn't rooted around exclusives. Um, so we've got another question from uh, someone called Josh who said, are Microsoft going to be developing or Team Xbox rather, uh, developing for the S and then scaling up to the X or developing for the X and then scaling down to the S. Um, it's such a big leap between the two. Um, I would assume if they do it, anything like they, you know, at the, the minute you tend to develop a lot of stuff on PC you get the biggest high-end version of something going unless you're a first party dev um, and then scale it down so it works on consoles hence why you get so much stuff that can potentially run so much smoother on PC and it's, it's just a case, I mean that was the thing at the start of this generation that um, these consoles were the thing holding back the industry because it took forever to get games out that looked genuinely gorgeous, it wasn't until like 2015 or whatever um, and there was all yeah. the, there was so many mistakes, Assassin's Creed Unity or Watch Dogs or whatever, there was so many bugs and stuff at the start of the generation um, yeah, do, you, do you, what kind of approach do you think that they'll
2: take i was going be oh sorry ben right go ahead (laughs) classic zoom chat uh no (laughs) i was going to say that uh they they're gonna start up and go downwards obviously because that's again like we've heard this is why cyberpunk has been delayed because the old uh the base xbox one is apparently holding a lot of things back and Mm -hmm. uh struggling but then uh, at the same time, with the PlayStation, the, the older Xboxes don't seem to be making as much noise as the PlayStations. So it's, Might be a story is taken off, yeah. <laughs> you, I can never tell my actual original Xbox is dying when it's actually dying silently, whereas my PlayStation <laughs> is hovering because of the fan. Uh-huh. But yeah, you've got. I think they're just going to be developing up and move downwards. And like someone who's played on PCs before in my time, you mm-hmm. just can switch the It'd be so nice if we could just switch some of the sliders to compensate a bit more, even though people like even though people like, you know, that sort of like simplified console experience.
0: That's the thing that I think is going to be hard. Well, assumedly, because of whatever console you get, you put the disc in, it just works, uh, to quote Mr. Todd Howard. But like, you don't want that situation where you're getting the same like version of the game and you have to tweak it to make it work on your system. I would have to assume that they take care of everything on their end. um, Because for as much as they're trying to blur the lines between console gaming and PC gaming in terms of, you know, like different systems and these different specs and just, I just want a game like that was the whole for me that was the the whole appeal of going on console
2: aren't the sliders in the switch version of witcher though didn't they just show you the sliders there oh
0: god yeah there was a game that was on switch where you could access like the debug menu and you could see yeah. what they changed to make that game work yeah i think that was like a it wasn't easily accessible though i think that was something you had to like punch in like some dev code thing and then you could see exactly what they uh, tweaked and changed to make that game work um but yeah i'm curious how they do all that stuff on the dev side and um, a follow-up to the um, tweets that i mentioned before the infinity ward and the remedy people um said that they haven't seen the full specs of the series s yet it was just the idea of having to develop for a weaker system going forward that would potentially hold them back um, dale brown sent in um, given the recent info drop on all things xbox game pass and the fact that game pass has got ea play being factored into it and um, how long do you think it'll take for sony to respond um, and what could they possibly do sorry what could they do to offer something of equal or greater value than the series s plus game pass um package to compete um yeah i mean this for me the thing is with this i i'm not as blown away by the price. It's all about the games. So like I can get Game Pass on my current Xbox. Like it's not a reason to upgrade for me, but I don't know if if it is for you. Like Josh, have you found just in general that like this is swaying you in a way?
1: Because for me, I'm still waiting for some big game that I can't play anywhere else honestly it, it it is swaying me just because i've got <laughs> such little willpower and i want two next-gen <laughs> machines but at the same time i know in my head i should wait for wait until i can afford uh, the proper xbox series x so i can enjoy that console to its fullest otherwise i feel like i'll get in this situation where i know the and then i'll regret it a year will go by and i'll just be like i'll end up buying the x anyway and then a year will, the go a week <laughs> will go by a <laughs> week okay three months will go by and i'll end up buying either one and then, re- then regret everything in the entire world but um yeah like for me when it comes to game pass like that is awesome but it's not a reason for me to upgrade but i do like the idea of them bringing other subscriptions under that banner i love that you can pay like you know a set amount a month to get the console to get all of the Mm. subscriptions in it like that's such that's 20 that's
2: 20 pounds a month right and that will include game pass so you're only really technically paying a tenner a month for two years for it for an s I'm going to do insane. that I'm going to yeah. get involved
0: it's just, yeah. <laughs> let's do it Well, they um, yeah, folded EA Play into it you get the xCloud stuff as well so you can stream wherever you want on a phone and stuff that, sh- that stuff should all be live and working by November um, the value proposition is absolutely insane Like, not to downplay that Like, you get so many great games, Like, it is phenomenal um, I just think part of me hangs on to the idea of next gen should equal some sort of experience that you can't get on the current gen and I know that's what they're going against um, but until they put out more side-by-side comparisons of, you know, this is what the Series S or the Series X automatically does to those games on Game Pass. Like, they put out that, that footage of the original Gears of War running on SX, and that had, like, better lighting effects. They said they figured out how to add HDR to games that never had it before. I need to see way more of that stuff for, for me mm-hmm. to go, okay, this is what next-gen brings to this, as opposed to I'm paying more money to still play the same games in the same way, apart from they load faster.
2: I'm like, glad it totally s- needs more. As you saying, I'm glad you're saying that, just because, like, I, I mean i'm i'm weak and you just said josh will just buy it as well because he's like we, <laughs> i'm gonna get it up. anyway so yeah. but like um for example i have a controller that is dying and to buy a new controller is 60 pounds so i might as well just get a new con. <laughs> it's <laughs> a, f- a factor that price into as well so then the xbox is only 200 pounds it's like uh, crazy but, but you could do it on josh, a monthly thing you bet yes sorry josh you was gonna say
1: I was just going to more or less say the same thing, Ben Roy. Yeah, at the minute, like I keep saying that theoretically I could plug in my Xbox One and enjoy Game Pass, but that's only in theory. As I've established so many times before on this podcast, the Xbox One's currently under the bed gathering dust. You, dust you know what yeah. I mean? Maybe if I get the Xbox Series S, if that's plugged in, I also need a new controller, Ben Roy, so that I get a new yeah. controller with it. Exactly. And I have my dedicated Games Pass box. And if that does, you know, retrofit all the games in a really interesting and dynamic way, if it does add HDR and all that stuff is really um, well implemented, then Mm -hmm. that might be enough to make me, you know, jump in before they actually have those big marquee games come out.
0: I will throw in we got another question. It's kind of the similar sort of question from uh, Martin Fiorentini, who says uh, Microsoft with Game Pass is unquestionably the best option regarding value for money. Um, how does Sony compete? Um, are they just going to rely on $70 first party AAAs and not boost uh, their PS now? Um, surely Microsoft will wipe the floor with them. Um, do they have anything up their sleeve or is it too late? Um, for me, the thing that they have up their sleeve and they've already started revealing is the exclusives. It's the, it's the old school approach to next gen. It's just, you know, you need to buy the PS5 to play Miles Morales Ratchet. And Clank, the new Gran Turismo, whatever. Um, that seems to be the thing. I guess that's the big question around next gen: can you sell a system on like upresing your legacy collection, or does it have to be next new games? Um, but that was the thing that um, Dale Brown was asking as well: like, what can Sony respond with? Do you think their res- their response will be: we have exclusive games, we have the best AAA games, and that's it? Or do they start putting money into PS now?
1: I think they've got to do something at the PS now. And hmm. to tell you the truth, lads, there have been some rumors about what PS now is going to morph into that have been going around <laughs> for a while, apparently. Yes. And again, this is completely baseless, but it is something that is rumored and it's popped up now and again, is that they're going to roll in the movie side of the PlayStation store into PlayStation now. So hmm. you pay for that a subscription that gets you the games and also gets you access to a bunch of movies as well. So you get like the Netflix side of it all in one um subscription which could be a way to combat it because i don't think genuinely for as much as i do like playstation and enjoy what they've their approach to ps5 i don't think they can go straight head-to-head with microsoft on games pass i don't think they have the infrastructure there to no. have all of those games just readily accessible readily downloadable readily up and implemented with hdr and stuff not yeah. yet anywhere so i don't think they can fight them on that front but if they roll in something else like the movies it would be something they can at least point to and say, look, this still is good value. We've still got this system. And then also, we've got the exclusives and we're doing all the standard stuff that you expect.
0: I feel like if they'd done the the R&D, the homework on like the CPU side or whatever, every time I try and and go into CPU, GPU, flops, resolution rates, refresh rates, who cares? Whether they'd done the groundwork on making sure that you just put it, you access a game and it automatically makes it look fancy and new to keep it in the most basic console terms possible. If they'd done all that groundwork, they would have shut it off by now. Because as much as I want to see more from Xbox, I feel like the only example they have of that is the original Gears of War running on Series X with the HDR stuff on. Um,
2: I think, yeah. As I say, I think the secret weapon is getting your PS3, getting your PS2, and getting your PS1 stuff. Getting a bulk mm. of that on there like try and build up that legacy stuff because publishers aren't just going to want to go yeah you- we're never going to pop a ps1 disc into a ps5 and you're never going to pop it's your started. ps1 disc of glover into a ps5 and it's like, <laughs> It's just not going to work but mm-hmm. hopefully you like we used to have the classics i bought a ton of those classics in the day but hopefully they can move some of the stuff over there and have a bulk of legacy stuff like nintendo used to have before they just deleted it all mm-hmm. and then <laughs> keep starting every generation and that will get us in I do wonder if they'll
0: do what nintendo have done in terms of like limited access to stuff because there's only so many classic titles they can bring back remaster re-release like nintendo have started to go down almost like a disney route and um, with yeah. the mario 35th anniversary thing and just being like okay this thing is available but only for like six months and then we take it away again and that stuff is so anti-consumer and anti-collectors and whatever um but it is quote-unquote a viable business model it just sucks like there's the whole thing with disney taking a lot of their titles off sale for a while like cinderella or whatever and they put it back out few months later um i wonder if they'll have to go down that route because if they just do a you know every playstation title ever is available for a monthly fee what do they then do they can't add stuff to it they can't add ps1 games or anything to it Um, but i do think that would be incredibly valuable if they did do it
1: I think if you've got enough where you can just rotate through it you know what I mean like even Mm -hmm. Games Pass even though it happens slowly they do take things on and off you know what I mean so you can Mm -hmm. there's enough PlayStation games out there in the back catalogue to not just dump them all on and be like there you go there's (laughs) there's everything give us a fiver a month like you can rotate through stuff and even though I, I really hate Genuinely hate what what um, Nintendo is doing with this stupid Mario thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like obviously a version of that that is still kind of pro-consumer. To still kind of like cycle through a library of titles that you can download and jump into and look forward to it coming back, and it's not making you pay. 60 pounds which is like consumer research too
0: like it works to yeah. tell the publishers like hey everybody responded to this title mm-hmm. you should probably do a sequel ubisoft and spin the cell
2: there I is guess. some symmetry though because stuff like resident evil 7 came to ps now and game pass the same day and date and i imagine it will stay on there the same sort of period of time so some mm. publishers are doing both on both sides now but mm. it's obviously still a lot more longer in game pass at the moment and a lot more in Game Pass than there is ps now
0: yeah, I mean, the, the, the moves, the amount of money that Microsoft slash Xbox must be throwing around to secure like Red Dead 2, um, starting GTA 5, like things like that, that just are just massive gets to get people on that service. Um, next question from uh, Richard Flint, who says, will Beyond Good and Evil 2 ever come out? And what the hell does AAAA mean? Which is that weird <laughs> new quadruple A um, designation for Super Deluxe
1: Games. Josh, you're pulling a face. I'm pulling a face because the. Thing is, it's blown my mind that they're committing to it properly, Ugh. committing to it, and not taking the Mick out of it yeah. because it is just the Spinal Tap thing of this amp goes to eleven. Like, <laughs> and it's just like, well, why not make it ten? Because this one goes to yeah. eleven, this, this one, one goes, goes to four 11. years, it not yeah. three years. It's like, stop it, stop it. Things. It's are like already what Devolver to
0: took the Mick out of them for. Oh, like, just it's, it's like a Devolver press yeah. conference come real, uh, become real. Um, <laughs> ben, Roy, what's your thoughts on the living scream that is the uh, future of AAA game
2: development? quadruple a, a- quadru- quadruple a is too much to say a little bit I, if i say quad a if it <laughs> okay the only way, the, the only way they're getting around this is if phil spencer commits to that meme of him in commando holding the quad barrel rocket launcher <laughs> and it, here's all my a's and it just goes like that but no nah, it's just like if it just means bigger budget then just say we're just spending more but i think you don't need four a's no. We don't even really use the two A's. Where was the last 1A game we've had? What's the 1A game? Where was the
0: game? last like, AAA game that didn't fall apart at the seams? Like, there's occasionally a first... Like, first-party stuff will do pretty well. If you you, yeah. you class... Like, God of War class that as AAA. But the vast majority of, of third-party triples fall apart. Like, they have terrible launches. The servers are offline. The games require patching. Day one patches, everything else. Like, if we're going even bigger than that, then that's even further to fall for me. Like, I, I would have zero faith that they would be able to hold them together. I'm sure
2: we've done videos like... it. It, the games are too big like I think we mm. all have this our private conversation. like how can we go, get more than The Last of Us Part 2 or these other giant open world games like it's you feel like everything's breaking so the much scene. detail and they're like nah let's get bigger <laughs> <laughs> if there's
0: I mean if yeah if there's a way to push the envelope past uh, Red Dead 2 Final Fantasy 7 and um what was it The Last of Us 2 then maybe but I don't know what that what toll that takes on the humans designing that stuff considering the horrific reports that came out of Rockstar and yeah. Naughty Dog um so, yeah, next question. Actually, no, Josh, what do you think of the R uh, the, uh, thing in terms of where can they go? Like, where, where do you even go after you've done Red Dead 2, Last of Us 2? Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Well, that's it. I think, I think Red Dead 2 and Last of Us 2 are sort of, they're like, you know, like we said, like the peak of AAA. But I think anything after that, it's just got to be a gimmick. Like, where do you <laughs> stop? Like, I, I don't know much about wrestling, so Ben Roy, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds <laughs> like that banter thing that Dave Meltzer did where he had, like, he went from five stars to a bunch of other stars, yes. which I am fully for from a crack perspective and for taking the mic but when you know you got phil spencer and everyone genuinely earnestly saying we're making a quadruple a game it's like what does that mean that's just more marketing nonsense yeah that True has HD, no basis yeah that has no basis <laughs> in what you're actually doing Because what you're actually doing doesn't sound like you're doing anything different from the upper ends of triple a it's just more confusing jargon just that these... we have to sort of talk about there's no single A, so just, <laughs> you don't need more
2: A's. And also, I think Richard asked about Beyond Good Evil Two as well. Yes. I think that's going to be an MMO live service thing, and you're going to get shoved in like three or four story quests, and you're going to pay for skins, and they're going to charge you at your ass.
0: I partly believes that as well. Um, I would hope not. But yeah, considering the amount of time it's been in development. Although the people behind um, you know, those mandates at Ubisoft have now left, so maybe there's light on the horizon. Um, next question from JWT, who says, with the uh, success critically and commercially of the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 remaster, um, he feels that they will be able to get a remaster of 3 and 4. However, asking £40 for a game that takes around 4 to 6 hours to 100% is a bit much. Should the price be lowered for future Tony Hawk's remasters? Um, I know this doesn't necessarily apply to you, Ben Roy, because you've not been through it, but it in does terms of a value proposition, yeah.
2: We had an argument about Resident Evil 3 quite a lot. We did, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we can get back into that whole rope of yeah, yeah,
0: totally. Well, the, um, the, the thing with Tony Hawk's that I think is that that uh, length is elongated massively if you didn't play the originals, because if you have the muscle memory of those original titles, then, I mean, I didn't. it didn't even take me four or six hours. That was like two hours. It was just blasting through it. I did. I mean, Josh, you were nine on the same, right? Like, nigh on every level goal yeah. first time through. Um, yeah. If you remember how to play those games, it just comes back to you immediately. Whereas if you haven't, um, getting... 200,000 points or whatever, it will just take a lot longer. Um, totally. But still, it's completely valid. Like, that's a, that is a long, at the absolute most, I don't think it's going to take you longer than 10 hours. Um, and like, 40 pounds is a hell of a lot of money
1: my my thing with this is right tony hawk has always been especially the pro skater tony hawks has always been a strange series because yeah you can blast straight through it you can get all the objectives you can quote unquote 100 percent it but in this version especially you mm-hmm. have i i've done all that and in fact now i've played more after i've completed it than i did actually in the um, campaign or whatever right. like the but multiplayer there, I've, and stuff yeah yeah and i've just scratched the surface of like the challenges it has this robust challenge system for all of the different skaters for all of the different levels for all of the different tricks and stuff like that and they're genuinely fun it's not just like after afterthoughts because you Mm -hmm. do them and then you unlock boards you unlock uh, stuff for your skater Mm -hmm. and stuff and it's been really engrossing to kind of engage with that system so just because the core experience or whatever is over like the game is far from done it's almost like the the core of getting the skate and letters or getting the high scores or getting the hidden tapes it's almost like that's just a tutorial for this game in Mm. in my eyes because once you've done all that you have all of the um uh tricks you have all of the knowledge you have an understanding of the layouts to then go in and like get the high scores and do the lines properly and for me that's where the bulk of the playtime comes from so yeah you might be able to complete it in four, five, six hours, but you, you haven 't really completed it you 've just started no, no. to unlock a lot of the content that 's in there. And I can totally see why you 'd be averse to spending you know sixty dollars on that when you know everything else is kind of player driven and mm-hmm. yourself driven to seek out these challenges to seek out these high scores but there 's so much replayability in that in just doing the tracks over and over and over again and running them through them again that 's always been caught to that series and i feel like that is so satisfying and so good and so rewarding that it's worth the price because you yeah you can get four hours out of it but you could get 40 hours out of it, you yeah, get 400 all, hours out of
0: it. All the challenge stuff is great, I mean you can pin, you can pin challenges but they don't pin them to the screen, you, they yeah, pin them to the, and there's only so many that you can do, like they're so close to mastering that side of it, but that, it's that idea of like, yeah, the replayability being the thing that um, elongates, the, or, or increases the value proposition. To address Resident Evil 3 um, Ben Roy, you got way more out of that game than I think we did, or I did especially, because yes. um, I went through that once and just thought that felt like glorified DLC, like I wouldn't have said that was worth a premium price, um, but you could justify it based on the weapons you unlocked and rerunning
2: it yeah i mean again with that game that like with you it's probably more adherent with escape i mean mm-hmm. not skate tony hawk uh, just just do me now but uh yeah resident evil uh, it's one, i'm one of those people that's going to play it through loads, loads of times go for inferno mode and try and get the s ranks mm-hmm. so for me they're always a game where, like i rerun them in a weird way and try and get the best i can out of them so for me i guess it's different but i think resident evil 3 was was it 60 was it sixty pounds? It was fifty. Because I remember 50. asking you if it was worth fifty pounds, and you were like, "Yes, definitely." I, and then I just blitzed so it. So I think with the re with if you're putting the remake title on it, I think remakes i don't think should ever really be below 40 in a way mm. if it's a remaster then maybe then that's like a 20 pound jobby sort of thing right but if, if they're actually proper remaking it i mean like for example tony hawk the soundtrack you're not going to get the soundtrack in there if it's any lower than 40 because the royalties they're probably paying to people mm-hmm. and stuff so, so it's activision they're, they're gonna cash in yeah, I mean, I, I can see the argument for it, but at the same time, I always it's thought, as for me, Tony Hawk is think that you just replay over and over again. You listen to the soundtrack, you sit there with mates, whatever you, can mm-hmm. you play online with that one? I don't know. Yeah. You, huh? mm-hmm. you play online with people and you, you run around the courses and just have a laugh, but not as Darth Maul. I would, <laughs> sadly not off them all Only as a skeleton An alien or Jack Black
0: But um, yeah, the, the, I would say, yeah I would say that There's more to it Than that initial 4 or 6 hour thing um, But maybe wait for a patch If they're going to add Something like that um, Being able to like Add challenges to the screen Because they're so close To just giving it That perfect loop Of just giving me the Endless challenges And I'll get through them um, Next question from Greg from Fingerguns Who says Why won't they give us A new Splinter Cell I don't know mate I have no idea <laughs> No one seems to know anymore the, His name's not even Sam Fisher anymore He's just called Zero And he he's only exists in anime and as a NPC operator in uh, Rainbow Six. So quick thoughts on Splinter Cell before we kill ourselves.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm sick of talking about Splinter Cell, Go. Scott Telford. Same. Sorry, Greg, but we I feel like every <laughs> single um, news video we do, we end up talking about Splinter Cell now. <laughs> and we're like, how can we bring it back? And we're like, we don't know. Will we bring it back? Probably not. Will we even enjoy it if they did? Again, I just, pro- probably not.
0: The thing is, why was it on the Walmart leak from a couple of years ago? Every yeah. other game, I've said this so much, but everything, Rage 2, Borderlands 3, the Michael Heinside. Michael Heinside. Michael inside. wants to do it. All those games that were on that leak have now come out. Spinner Cells, the only one that hasn't. So something has to exist
2: for it. Um, but anyway, I'll go on it's going to be next gen and I, I my theory is it's going to be the it's going to be their version of the phantom pain i'm calling it it's just going to be Sam Fisher running around in the bushes coming to a few little bases saying hello either that or just or it's just going to be locked into other games for the if time. If you
0: took what Watch Dogs Legion is, in terms of like you're sending the drones in, I mean, Watch Dogs 2 was that as well, but like, you're sending the drones in very tech-focused, I feel like that's the DNA that they'll bring across to Splinter Cell. Like, they'll give it the, the different branding. It'll be old man, bearded, angry uh, Sam Fisher, but I just don't see them doing an old-school mechanical Splinter Cell. I think they'll do like a weird open-world thing that maybe borrows something from Hitman, but still is that weird Ubi formula. I just don't trust it. Yeah to be honest um, I, I, I don't see it coming I'm sorry <laughs> I don't yeah I, I do see it coming because it was on that leak I just don't know why it was there if nothing is true um, but we'll see um, next question from John who says how wild is it that um, the hype uh, the amount of hype that people are giving uh, to next gen overall when less than two months to launch we haven't seen a single gameplay demo <laughs> um, I do like counter that a little bit and say that we've seen Miles Morales running it in like in NG and we've seen Ratchet and Clank with a good handful of demos um, very true on the Xbox side sadly other than they did the Helblade Two stuff was it was in engine, um, but yeah. We what saw, do you guys think we of saw Craig. Stuff? We saw we Craig. saw Craig, but I mean, it was also yeah. running on PC, so it wasn't next, It wasn't like a next gen build um, potentially. Anyway, Josh, what do you think of, of this stuff?
1: Scott Tilford, I've had a breakdown <laughs> to you privately multiple times about the lack of PlayStation Five and Xbox news Just in general.
0: At one in the morning from Josh Craig. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just, I'm thinking about because, it again, mate. I can't believe I can't believe we're two no months sense. out. Like 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 they've just mentioned there. Yeah. And we know so little, we still don't know um when the PlayStation's coming out. We don't know the PlayStation price. We've seen a handful of first trailers for the games. All the launch mm-hmm. games now are just on Xbox are just
0: ones that were coming out a week later that Ubisoft went, actually just put that out a week before. It's fine, just put it out, it's fine, yeah. that'll do.
1: That'll do well, That's the thing that's the thing as well. Even the third party games, which we usually know about, there's been very little fanfare about it because obviously they always come out cross gen but i feel like very few of the publishers have gone this is why you need to buy the next gen version and it's not just because you get it for free and it comes out a week later like mm. what are the exclusive features why is it better on the next gen systems i don't know because they haven't even showed <laughs> us it i feel like call of duty black ops uh-huh. um, cold war that's the only one where i feel like they've made this push of the game is running on playstation 5 this is how it's going to play these are the extra features and stuff with everything else, it's just kind of like, yeah, it'll like, be, yeah, I yeah I might have a better frame rate. Yeah, you'll get it for free. Uh, please come along. And then I feel like that's just the whole thing. It's like, please come along. Please yeah. buy my machine. Please buy my game. And well, that's what honestly, i honestly lie to the Xbox
0: side of things yeah. for the most part.
1: Yeah, well, and yeah. Oh man, it's honestly, Sony's doing me it now. At, he's <laughs> absolutely getting on my. last At least they've got something because, at launch. Like yeah. they've got Miles
0: Morales yeah. and Astro Bot. Which is a bit more, do they than what Xbox I mean, they say they do, but they've not mentioned
1: them since.
2: When are they coming no. out though? When is launch? Why is <laughs> why is Shuhei playing, <laughs> through, guys? Every bloody day, I don't care, mate. Why have, we got, why have oh. we got this memey, bloody piece of crap PS5 gold thing? Yeah, that was weird. Do you yeah, want, do you want I a mean, completely gold plated Fiesta? Yeah, no, I want release no, I a release to be honest. I mean, do, <laughs> I mean you could do one and then just at least tell me a date when you might announce a thing. And don't go don't go to Tokyo Game Show and have nothing. Don't say it. It anything has to be that, right? Like it has to be that. I don't want to I don't want to hear anything else. I want to probably tweet anymore until like, sorry, it's coming out. Because I was pretty much sure nothing was coming out this year until Well, there was maybe uh, something this week, but it
0: just didn't happen.
2: Until the Series S and all that started at least. And thank God that was leaked. But yeah. the... I'm trying not to swear, Don't you? you'll get us kicked off YouTube. Josh, what was yeah. the thing you were going to say when you were freaking out?
1: I was just going to say, right, you know, I don't want to come across like the entitled gamer that I am at heart, you know what I mean? <laughs> Demanding news. But I feel like sometimes <laughs> they're just actively doing other announcements despite me. Usually, I, I yeah. love a week of PlayStation VR news, but not when you haven't talked about a PlayStation in three months. You know what I mean? Yeah, that I would not.
0: That is patenty insane. Like, they've said they're going to be a Tokyo game show, but nothing next gen. It's going to be a PSVR showcase. Like, yep. what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> the Sam Fisher approach on the console level. Like, what are you doing? But, yeah. I mean, it's, it'll get announced. We'll get hyped. It'll sell. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but there are, like, all those rumors about, like, they they still get to tick the box of we're releasing in 2020, but the reality of the production is that it's going to be a a limited amount of consoles this year and full production next year, which I guess
2: they get to to have their cake and eat it too. We've not even had the ability to say that we might want one yet. Only America has. Well, you you can pre-order but you don't know what price
0: you're paying. You're just doing like an, you're just costing over like Amazon style and they'll refund you the difference. Like just ridiculous. It is a bit mad. I want to
2: consume.
0: (laughs) i to consume as well. Last question, um, a great name, Haley from Quarantine. Um, With Crash Bandicoot 4 coming after a successful remake, will we be seeing more of the same going forward? Um, Will the Tony Hawk remakes lead to a new pro-skater game or the Reignited trilogy, a new Spyro? Are remakes the new way to reboot? Um, Me and Benroy did this as our coverage on Crash 4 so far, but it's worth worth it as a talking point. Um, Because for me, I love this. I love the idea of giving a new team access to old games, go, okay, you guys remake this, learn all the lessons of, of game development, of the personalities that went into those original titles, um, in case of Crash Four, they got back in touch with someone from Naughty Dog, um, and then they have everything. They have everything to go forward and go. Okay, we know exactly how to do the next instalment um, as best we can. Rather than just Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Five style, where they just announce it as part five and it's got nothing to do with it. Um, but I do have faith. If you know they went and did another, another Tony Hawk's now, they assumedly would nail it because they've completely nailed one too. Um, I guess what's your general thoughts on this? That you kind of have to go through the like overhaul remake thing first, but it does mean you get a better. Pro- Product, a newer product on the other side of it. Sorry,
1: Benroy. Right? I, I thought I was so scared of talking over Ben Roy that I was like... I just, I just so threw, threw it, it to the
2: wind. I thought, you know what, Zoom, <laughs> I, I don't I've just been shouting for so long I thought I'd let you speak, George.
1: <laughs> Thank you, mate. Uh, yeah, um, obviously being playing um, Tony Hawk's recently and really enjoying it and mm. enjoying the Crash remakes before then and the Spyro remakes before then. I think it's really, like, like you said, Scott, it's such a great way to get these developers to grips with what's so good about the franchise get them you know kind of tweaking the art style so it's it's homaging the originals but Mm. very distinctly its own thing and then letting them loose remakes and remasters are always going to have um a use for testing the waters i suppose gauging if there's interest and i do feel that's why we get a lot of them first you know we get the nc trilogy we get um tony hawks to see if people care to see if people still Give a crap about these titles i'm sure that's what ubisoft is doing with prince of persia whether it will work i don't know but i think um especially with activision like it's weird to have nothing but good things to say about activision for once I know. but i i do think their remakes have been absolutely top tier they've they've traded on that nostalgia but not relied on it because what they've put out is genuinely good and updated in really kind of fascinating and rewarded ways. And Mm -hmm. hopefully that's going to lead to proper continuations like Crash 4, which I've heard from you two is pretty much perfect. It's pretty darn
2: perfect. Yeah,
1: you you get to learn the lessons. You get to see what people like about your interpretation and what they don't, and then come out with a proper sequel and be like, oi, we're back.
2: (laughs) Ben do you like this general approach to sort of mining the old to uh, fuel the new? I do because I probably would never have been interested in something Spyro again until they put those free Spyro mm. games in front of me and that really got me back I, I went through Platinum the More was like, Yes, give me more Spyro. I think it worked well for Crash because I think the only only reason we ever got crash outside of uh, the limbo that Sam Fisher's locked in at the moment is because the, <laughs> the insane trilogy yeah, sold. So maybe if um, anyone from Ubisoft ever considered putting out a Splinter Cell HD trilogy or something like that. Uh, and also, again, Re- Resident Evil, Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3 have all had. I mean. Hey, you've had your remakes, mate, of Resident yeah. Evil, right? <laughs> and, and Gears of War. Gears of War 1 was like out uh, of proven yeah. going, yeah, people Old like that tradition. Gears of War 1. Let's get on 4 and 5. Let's go. Where, I mean, <laughs> let's keep going. Give me. I think it works. I think it's also in, the, in terms like Resident Evil, it hasn't like caused them to make more. It's just reignited, like say, the horror side of that uh, franchise. Mm-hmm. But in all seriousness, Crash and uh, no, I keep saying Skate Tony Hawk's <laughs> and Spyro. Skate's I, coming too, but not till next year. Well, yeah, after. I wonder what that's going to happen. It probably is some sort of like, you know open world, uh, mm-hmm. climb up a skateboard. Uh, but yeah, I think. It, I've been rambling for too long, sorry. But yes, I think it's exactly (laughs) what they need to do. Remake stuff, let us play it, and then let us prove that we want it.
0: You make an extremely good point that if they just said, "By the way, we're doing Crash 4." By the way, we're going to do another Spyro. It would in Spyro's case, it would have gone the way of the Elijah Wood ones, or it would have gone the way of something that you just don't have that connection to. Um, and in case of the Tony Hawk's ones, it's it's just brilliant. Um, do you guys have a pick for a Activision franchise that you'd want uh, them to go to next time? For me, they've pretty much like this. This is the cream of the crop. Like I was dying for a Crash Team Racing remaster uh, or remake rather for the longest time until I got beat on a live stream and I didn't touch it again. But it was great (laughs) until then It was really good before then Singularity
2: Singularity Singularity.
0: The, I feel insane. like we're the only three people who know what Singularity is, but like, at, at some point they might remember that was the last game that Raven did before they got swallowed by uh, the Call of well, Duty. Raven
2: machine. are doing the Call of Duty campaign, actually. so at least Raven yes. have been... Ta- at least Raven got out of the Sam Fisher prison. Not only Sam Fisher is in that prison <laughs> on his own now, he's the only one left.
0: He's in the Gulag in uh, from uh, Warzone <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, let's what <laughs> you think down in the comments below the general state of uh, the Ubisoft things that got shown, the state of Next Gen. Are you generally excited for the Series S? And how do you sort of feel the value proposition will roll out in regards to Game Pass and things like that? Uh, For now this has been The What Culture Gaming Podcast I've been your host Scott Tilford Joined by Ben Roy Turner
2: Give me a glabber remake
0: And Josh Brown Goodbye And we'll catch you next time
1: Bye. Bye See ya